listen to the State College Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the State College Football Podcast. I'm Nick Hosshalter. And I'm Nathan Grella. Today it's just the two of us. We've got quite the lineup for you. Uh, lots of big news. Lots of interesting content. It seemed like right after we turned off the microphone last time, all the news started flooding in. Yep. It was crazy. The crap hit the fan, and now we're ready to gather up all the pieces and spray it back at y'all. So, with that mental image out of the way, um, we'll start off with an old classic. Cole Urbis. What a man. What a legend. He's going to be starting at defensive end this year. Yep. And he might be a dual sport athlete. Look if he plays pretty well this year. But we'll see. He announced his college decision pretty early on in the week, and he was going to Penn, where... University uh, of Pennsylvania. Uh, Ivy League school, so... David Shoemaker is heading there for baseball as well. So... Got a couple guys moving on. Yeah, two guys from State High going to Penn. Uh, Just... Really representing State at College in the best way possible over there. Yep. Um, and just a clarification, for those of you that aren't as familiar with Cole Urbis, uh, he's actually not going there for football. He's going there for wrestling. He's been a phenomenal wrestler. He narrowly lost, well, I shouldn't say narrowly, he got pinned, but <laughs> he lost the, um, the state championship this year. So, I mean, he's number two. he was number two in the state at that point. You know, I think um, before that he was ranked number seven in the nation in his weight class. So um, he's gotten offers from a wide range of schools. You know, um, I believe he got one for from Cornell. I know he got one from Army. And for those of you that aren't as familiar with wrestling, those are both top ten wrestling schools. Yeah. Um, so he's he's really good, but he decided to go to Penn. He picked he picked Penn. Yeah. He picked Penn over Harvard, NC State, Cornell, Lehigh, and Pitt. And Harvard and Cornell are also Ivy League schools, so this man has got the not only the talent for wrestling and football, but he's also got the grades, and I don't have the grades, so I gotta give a hand to him right now. Yeah, and this is at um, 195-pound weight class. Um, and interestingly, uh, he actually mentions his grades in the article from Penn Live that we are sourcing. Uh, he says... I quote, It really came down to the fact that their academics are top-notch, Urbis said. I went down for a camp and met some of my teammates and felt like these these are guys I could see myself spending time with over the next four years. The coaches are all professional and fun. I'm just surrounding myself with the right people, I think. So, he's really been enthralled by the quality of academics and wrestling at Penn. Yeah, he's um, interested in pursuing business, and at Penn they have the Wharton School, which is the third best business school in the country. So, good for him. He's going to, even if he doesn't, or even if he doesn't excel at wrestling or football possibly there, he's going to have a great education there, and uh, that's off to him. Also, um, similarly to Ramsey Kifalo, they did post his GPA, and... um, because it's so nice, we'll release it to you guys. He has a whopping 4.3 GPA, so what a legend. Going to Penn, he could probably go there even if he wasn't an amazing athlete. So. Yeah, a little off topic. I have a question for you, though. If you give get four points for an A, three points for a B, two points for a C, and Weighted one point classes. for a D... Weighted classes? Weighted classes? Yes. All right. It, so he's definitely not over 4.0 for unweighted. It's possible. Well, yeah, definitely not. Okay. 4.0 is the best you can get for a weighted, um, or unweighted. But if he's taking AP classes, which is likely, then he's definitely going to be getting over 4.0 if he's really getting, if he's getting straight A's in AP classes, that's over 4.0. All right. Well, congrats to him. Great school, great wrestling program, great basketball program. Um, congrats to David Shoemaker, who's also going there. So... Just congrats. Congrats yeah. all around. Big news, bringing pride <laughs> to State College as usual, um, both academically and physically. So always like to see that. Um, since State College is such a great academic school, it's great to see 
that come to fruition. Yeah. All hard work. Obviously, we'll talk about Columbus a little bit more next week when we do our defensive preview. But yeah. as you saw in the title, this is the offensive preview, so we better move on. All right. <laughs> so coming up is a topic that Nathan was certainly very shocked about. Oh, I was excited and shocked. We we just found this out literally about 15 minutes before we recorded the podcast, and um. This is pretty big news and um, comes close to a topic that we discussed in our first episode um, in relation to State College Baseball and the 3-2 to win slash loss. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, do you want to elaborate? So if, you, if you've been living under a rock for the last two or three months, Penn State or State High Baseball isn't that great, but they somehow made it to the playoffs and then they had some weird mess up where David Shoemaker pitched. Supposedly, yeah, he pitched a couple pitched. pitches over a hundred, and uh, they had to forfeit. So I guess in lieu of this, um, Troy yeah. Allen, the head coach uh, at State High, uh, resigned his position. As, yeah, yeah. So that's big news. Um, in the article, the article is from Penn Live, and he cites that. Um, he got, quote, worn down on state college baseball politics. And I won't go into too many specifics, but I can see how somebody would get worn down on it. <laughs> yeah. And especially considering that very difficult loss to Erie, in Erie, um, you know, the, uh, the difficulty of, you know, having the umpires agree with you basically right up to the moment and the other team winning simply because they have home field advantage. If you want to get more detailed analysis on that problem, make sure to check back on our first episode. We spent about five minutes talking about it, but it's definitely worth a review if you're not familiar. Um, It's talked a lot about in school. Hopefully you all have heard about it by now, but it was a pretty big deal. And, I mean, we can't say it's because of this, but I'm sure it had a bit of a role to play. You know, seeing State College as a team that went above and beyond expectations and got crushed in the worst of ways, it's got to be difficult for any coach. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting coming up because tryouts for State High Baseball are like at the end of this month. Okay. So, you yeah, got to d- work fast. Does not leave much time <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah. So, this, this is going to be really interesting. It, co- it couldn't come at probably a worse time. And going into next year, we'll have a new baseball and a new basketball coach. If they find a baseball coach coming up this quickly. Um, I know coming up through the ranks, especially with my brother being in the baseball system, there's a lot of really good players in like the baseball. like Down the pipeline, 7th, 8th, 9th grade, there's a lot of good players. Uh, just like there always is, really. Yeah. But... You get you're gonna have to get a coach that can connect more probably with those guys than with yeah for sure with then with the guys heading out already yeah um it's gonna be a a big deal trying to draw those guys I in. mean that's basically what they did with the basketball coach too yeah what we saw there all right so moving on um this has been really the thing that prompted us to yeah. In case you guys are wondering, we're, we're recording this episode, what, like three days after our last one? Um, we three or four were, days. We're recording this on Thursday, and we recorded our last one on Friday, so six days. Okay, so I was way off. You know, <laughs> time flies when you're having fun. It's the summer. But in any case, um, this is really what prompted us to jump on the horse here. You guys have probably... If you're on Twitter at all and you follow this, State College This is so much players. fun last night. I loved every second of this. I just opened up my phone and I get a bunch of Twitter notifications and I was like, why am I getting Twitter notifications? I didn't know. I don't. I hate Twitter notifications, but they come up and I was like, I was excited. This is. Yeah, this is I was. Fun. I was laying in bed last night, you know, just reading, reading before bed and I get a text. I'm like, why the heck is Nathan texting at 1130? And believe it or not, State College, your very own Little Lions, are ranked, I don't play drums, number seven in the state by Penn Live's a little too early 2018 high school football rankings. So, obviously a big deal. Um, They detailed the top ten. Nathan, you want to run through those? 
Um, let's see. We got St. Joe's Prep at number one. No surprise. Not a surprise. Yeah. They're number one in every preseason ranking every year in every single thing because they recruit players and it's not fair. Number two is Pine Richland. A I don't know. A little bit of a surprise. Yeah, I'm surprised there too. Phil Djokovic for their five-star quarterback who did everything in every sport. He retired. Or didn't retire. He moved on. <laughs> He's playing college Hope, ball. I wish he retired. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone, folks. He is out. Yeah, number three, we come in at Coatesville. Coast, yeah, Coatesville lost in the semifinals to St. Joe's Prep after having a 28-10 lead in the third quarter. And then St. Joe's Prep just came back. Um, Coatesville, I don't think they're usually so good. Yeah, like, but... Historically, so I I I gotta get handed to them. Yeah, and I mean they basically got um got hit with the uh, Atlanta Falcon sickness. Yes, <laughs> a that, couple that years score ago. does look awfully familiar. Yeah, for some reason, <laughs> um, you know, playing against a really famous team that always wins up twenty to ten. Yeah, we got to Parkland, and Parkland also was in the playoffs last year. Um, they made it. They almost made it to the semifinals, but they lost. Uh, I think Pine Richland beat them. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'll have to fact check that. But that that, that take that what you will. Um, coming in at number five. Actually, you know what? We're gonna save number five. It's a shocker. So five, five and six. Five and six are a little bit controversial. Um, we're gonna skip over them. We got State College at seven. That's big news, folks. Yeah, and. Uh, we finished eighth last year, so it's a step up by yeah, one. Fair enough. Um, then and that's great yeah. considering we've talked at length about you know some of the wonderful players on offense and defense that have moved away from state college or you know playing in college, and so it's really special to be ranked that with a pretty. I mean, I don't want to say young team. We have a lot of rising seniors that have been big marks on the team last year. But certainly it's great to see with so much how much talent we've lost. Um, then at number eight, we've got North Penn. North Penn, um, they didn't make the playoffs last year, I don't think. They might have. They weren't ranked at the end of the year. Central Buck South comes in at nine. Uh, they were in seven and four. And Erie comes in at 10, and we whooped them in the playoffs. 48-12, I believe. Um, yes, 48-12 in the playoffs for Erie. So, I don't know how they moved up that far, but they're number 10. So, we'll, we saved 5 and 6 for you, and this is the, this in, inspired like a Twitter firestorm of sorts. But By firestorm, I mean... Firestorm. Like five or six teams. <laughs> yeah, but it was fun. It was fun seeing all that. So Williamsport comes in at five, who didn't make the playoffs last year, and went seven and four. I don't know how that makes you the fifth best team in the state, but whatever. <laughs> we don't have to play them. Uh, North Allegheny comes in after that. They went eight and four, and they also didn't make the playoffs. Or they didn't make the playoffs. That's the one win. So, so um, following up on the um, following up on the North Penn debacle yeah. earlier, um, they lost in the playoffs to Garnet Valley, thirty-six to thirty-five. All right. And that was in the second round, so yeah. they did not get very far. Yeah. When I say playoffs, I mean like state playoffs. I don't mean district yeah. playoffs. Yeah. District playoffs basically mean nothing, and you can ask. State high baseball about that. <laughs> also, um, North Penn was five and zero at home and four and three away last year, so respectable, but still a little bit surprising um, considering their rank. You know, I don't think many people would place them as high as they are, but they're certainly not a bad football team. So, and heading heading into the, like they write a little bio or something at the end of this. And they said, at the very end, they said, a loaded state college contingent will likely enter the mid-pen conference race as the favorite. I don't know if they mean, like, the mid-pen, like, districts, or if they mean the actual final 
like yeah. for state. That would if be they, pretty big. It would be big if they said for state. I am assuming they mean mid pen conference race. So that would mean Pine Richland would be included, right? Because you pull up a PI PIAA Class Six A District Seven includes Pine Richland, and that's where we lost to them last year in the championship. Yeah. For so, are they saying we're the favorite above Pine Richland, who they ranked over us? Probably that, not. Like, <laughs> although it is notable that we, you know, even if we're considering the districts, we are still ranked above Harrisburg, which is notable because. You know, they're an extremely good football team that we've had trouble with the last couple years. Um, they've had success deep in the playoffs the last couple years. So that's one thing that jumped out of, for me in that statement at the end yeah. was that um, the possibility of Harrisburg, where Harrisburg falls in that whole situation. Yeah, I think they're referring to where we place among Erie and McDowell. Like last year we got put, we had a bye and then we played Erie. I think that's what they're referring to where they talk about the mid-pen conference race. It's just a little bit off because they go from talking about, yeah, this is St. Joe's Prep, this is Pine Russell, this is Coatesville, and this is State College, and they're the race to the favorite in, like, 1-16th of the bracket. So it's weird to, yeah. to like, transition to that. So, um, after... Yeah. So, um... We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, five and six seeds because that's really caused some of the more controversial comments. Um, Williamsport at number five. The millionaire. at number six. That's a little odd. There's been some quite a bit of uh, rambling on Twitter, as we said before. So Williamsport... Last year, I'm looking up their stats right now. Um, they lost to Wyoming Valley West, who is was a very good team last year. They made it yeah. to the fin almost to the finals. I think they did make the finals. Um, they lost to Delaware Valley, who we crushed mm -hmm. in the playoffs. They lost to James M. Coughlin. I'm not sure. I haven't even heard of them. Uh, they lost to Wyoming area. Um, and they lost to Hazleton, who De Delaware Valley beat, and then we beat Delaware Valley. So they weren't impressive at all last year, really. Williamsport, yeah. Yeah. So that's prompted a lot of questions. Um, Cohen Russell on Twitter. But, yeah. The um, famed track athlete and slot receiver um, said, I quote, I'm so confused right now with a little, like, pale, ghosty face thing and a face palm uh, <laughs> in reaction. And I think... I'm can, face palming right now. Yeah, I think you can read between the lines that number five with Williamsport is quite a shocker. Yeah. And then Isaiah Edwards, adding to that, he said, he's like, seven, a team ahead of us didn't make the playoffs last year. Um... I don't get. He's probably referring to what I'm referring to, which is Williams. state state playoffs, not yeah. district playoffs. Because Williamsport did make district playoffs. They lost to Hazleton, which is pretty rough. Yeah. And fact checking Isaiah Edwards right here. <laughs> you know that we love fact checking on this podcast. Um, and then the infamous Jack Black <laughs> also reacted to some. To these tweets. Otherwise known as Coach Kalusa, for those of you that are not no, in the end. That's not his real name. Don't <laughs> we don't we don't know his real name. It's Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm having a sudden bout of amnesia as to Jack Black's true identity. I'm correcting him right now. Uh he said he could care less what a team's preseason rankings and predictions are by the media and what matters is how you perform on the field week by week and controlling what you can control. The rest will take care of itself. And that is a direct quote off of yes. his Twitter page. So, on the one hand, I agree with him because it's high school football. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're taking this seriously, tough. but... <laughs> it's tough because, you know, you've got a lot of guys coming up from, you know, ninth grade or maybe JV for some of these teams. It's hard to figure how they'll play against more developed, yeah. faster, stronger players. It's difficult to gauge talent because the kids are so young. Yeah. You don't really know who's going to be a bust or not. I mean, for all the uncertainty we talk about 
um, over true freshmen and even redshirt freshmen in college ball and rookies in the NFL, all of the risk involved in that. Um, there's a lot more uncertainty in high school ball because really we're at a time where you know people are not fully developed and it's just kind of they're not quite sure where they fit in you know how what position they're going to play completely unless you're an insanely good recruit or an amazing athlete like generational talent then it's really difficult to gauge what your um, reactions on the football field are going to be especially when you're moving up so that's definitely reasonable yeah and one thing i would say is that don't you're not gonna expect to be ranked ahead of Pine Richland when you look at high school football? There's a lot of interchanging parts, so you can't expect people to say, "Oh, Pine Richland lost a five star. They're definitely gonna be worse." We yeah, got for like sure. no one hyper analyzes high school football that much that extent, beside yeah. us, probably. So. They're not. They're just gonna take name brands when they're making these rankings. You can't expect them to see it, it's. State college is always where they're always five to ten. Well, that's where we always are. So they're not gonna look at that and say, we we think state college is gonna move up even though they lost their two starting defensive ends and they and a couple good offensive players. Yeah. They're and no, we don't have any height at wide receiver. So, yeah, like, you you don't take it at face value because these guys probably aren't hyper-analyzing rosters and stats that much. They're just looking at, hey, Coachville lost, was, was killing St. Joseph's prep, and then they lost, so then we should put them at three. Yeah. They're not really looking at who got, who who gained and who didn't. Yeah, so, and sure. the court—it's reactionary to put St. Joe's Prep at number one. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of a shoe in. I mean, even though there are some questions about Pine Richland and their starting quarterback, as we said before, you know, there's some people that think they might be a little too high. They're still a safe pick. Um, yeah, that's Pine for sure. Richland is definitely going to be no in the top ten. So it's like, I mean, what people might yeah. be people might be a little worried about how high they are, but no one's going to bat an eye really about Pine Richland being a number two. Yeah, I mean, Williamsport was a two seed, and they got upset by Hazleton in the playoffs. Yeah. So... There's a little bit not, of reason there, yeah. but you're still, you still got to question that upset. Just because they lost a playoff game by one point doesn't make them any worse than they were last year in the eyes of the media. Yeah, but to those of us that are more in the know, it can seem pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um... Cohen Russell and Isaiah Edwards certainly think so. I I think this was best summed up by Addison Darcy's mom. Oh fan yeah, fan of the show for sure. With the greatest Twitter comment of all time that said, uh, "You want them to give this to you? Work for it. Show show I them you can do it. Show them you can do it." I, I Go can't state. read. <laughs> Go Love on. at Addison Darcy's mom. Hashtag hustle and heart. Let's give us let's give a nice clap for Addison Darcy's mom. Throwing some deep bombs out like Aaron Rodgers yes. onto the the field that is. Addison Darcy's football. mom is listening to this. I would love for her just to like troll everyone on Twitter. Just if somebody somebody says something like like follow every single player and then like if ever the if like one of them like tweets like an inappropriate gif or something just like shame them on the yeah, we <laughs> like need in a comment or something Addison Darcy's that would mom be could awesome. be life coach for state yes. high football yeah also if you want to come on the show sometime we can get you on it'll be fun <laughs> okay <laughs> so like yeah St. Joe's Prep also on that note they're ranked number 12 in the nation <laughs> oh yeah, in a relate in a big deal. So, of course they're gonna be number one. You can't you can't expect that right now, but yeah, you can you should go out and you should work for it, and you should have um, hustle over heart, <laughs> <laughs> or what hustle and heart. Yeah, so, hustle and heart. And just to clarify what he said, that's number twelve in the entire country for St. Joseph's Prep. So. 
That's why they're number one. I think we can agree they deserve to be. There's a few other schools from Pennsylvania. They're in the top 100 for the nation. Um, Emotep is at number they're, 48. Yeah, they're 5A, so... Yeah, so we don't really talk about them as much, but I'm sure most of you guys have heard of them. And also Cathedral Prep is ranked at number 76. Actually, um, Emotep is 4A, so we're definitely not going to play them. Um, again, going back to the top 10, we saw... Holidaysburg, who was not ranked and was terrible last year, all of a sudden jumped to number six in five A, which is interesting. I'm what starting to get a little bit scared of Holidaysburg now for some reason. Like we still play them at home, that, and I still think we're gonna crush them. That is very strange. That very was, strange indeed. They were yeah. That may might be one of the more shocking ranks I've read. Certainly on par with Williamsburg, Williamsport at least. I mean that's pretty. I don't think many people at State High really take the Holidaysburg game very seriously. I don't know if we should start taking it seriously or if this is kind of a fluke by the media, yeah. the fake news media calling Holidaysburg <laughs> number six. Yeah, yeah, it's. That's weird, though. Like, the only team on our schedule, not Central Dauphin, not CD East, not Cumberland Valley, it's Holidaysburg. That's in one of these polls. Yeah, that's... That's something I didn't expect, and it's weird. I know they're returning a quarterback, and I know they're returning a very good wide receiver, Mm -hmm. but they're, like, not returning anybody else. Yeah, they must have... They must have a killer freshman class. (laughs) Actually... You know, I have some experience with the freshman class at Hollisburg. Let me tell you, that was the last year's game against Hollisburg. We talked about it a little bit a couple episodes ago. That was the messiest game of football I've seen in my entire life. Ridiculous amount of interceptions, fumbles, um, just missed opportunities by both teams. It was terrible. It was messy. I mean, just all around, really awful game of football by both teams. And to think that that ninth grade squad for Hollisburg is going to come up and make a splash is really doubtful to me because if you've seen them play, and I'm, I'm saying, you know, the state high team was not pretty either. And I know they progressed throughout the season last year and ended up being pretty darn good, but I find that hard to believe that Hollisburg is going to get enough talent to, <laughs> to really Hollisburg for Hershey. Just start it up right now. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, help us! It's it's a little too much for me to handle right now. The thought of Holidaysburg in the playoffs. Oy. All right, if Holidaysburg's in the playoffs, we're gonna go. We need we need to we make will. Holidaysburg like if Holidaysburg because we play them either the fourth or yeah the third or fourth game this year. If they win their first two or three. We need to make this a rivalry again. Like, oh, we my need... goodness. Last year wasn't even close, but I wanted this to be a rival again. Especially playing for the hockey team for yeah, two I was years and say, having to deal with them. I was going to say, isn't Holidaysburg a big rival Holidaysburg is the rival in State College Ice Hockey. Um, I don't know how it is for any other sport. My brother doesn't seem to really care when they play Holidaysburg, and I'm like, what are you doing? But... <laughs> So like, I I was at the I was at the state college Hollisburg game this year for hockey, but I remember how it ended. Was it? Did you guys lose? It ended in a tie. Oh, that's right. That's right. And then we, and then we beat them by like two or three goals on the road, and we were very very happy. Yeah, I remember that. That was a big deal for sure. Yeah, uh, there are actually highlights for that on my YouTube channel and a hype video. <laughs> Hollisburg, we we wake up for Hollisburg. It's a big deal. They they have a surprisingly good hockey team. Them in Johnstown, you'd never guess if you weren't a fan of hockey that Johnstown is a real has a great hockey program. Johnstown they do. eliminated us. <laughs> yeah. Well, John, you you'd expect Johnstown though because you know it's like the hockey home of city slap shot. Or like that. Yeah, it's it's not hockey city. Well, yeah, Hockeyville. <laughs> they paid them all that. All right, I'm just gonna get some off my chest. When you get Hockeyville, you get, like, Craft Hockeyville. Google that if you don't know what it is. Um, when you get Craft Hockeyville, you get so much money to improve, like, your stadium and stuff. They spent almost none of it on locker rooms. I would say less than none of it. <laughs> they took money out of the locker rooms. That is the... Uh, I can't describe what I've seen in that locker room on air, but... 
<laughs> it's it's bad. <laughs> By well, far I'm the worst say, locker room okay, I've been in. Okay, I'll since we're on this topic, worst locker room I've ever been in. Um, those of you that play football, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Mitchell Field, home of Mifflin County, their away locker room is insane. Absolutely breathtaking. I mean, it's kind of dug into the ground, if I remember correctly. So it's it's all musky and dark and dank, and there's all kinds of... It's the kind of place... It's like a basement, basically. It's like an unfinished basement for a locker room. And it it goes along well with their field. I mean, um, Hall- Mifflin County we, we isn't much of a travel. We have on this podcast. This is yeah, the, this is the hating on Mifco podcast. Their locker room is absolutely awful. It really is. It's... I mean... Look, Mitchell Field... Deserves that. It ain't got nothing on that. Memorial yeah. Field. Memorial Field's great. <laughs> all right, they have a locker room built into the ground. We have a stadium built in the ground. Take that. All right, it's a sinkhole. Yep. Well. And we can only yeah. hope that the next time it opens up, it's on the away side. Good thing we don't. If if this conference keeps realigning, we won't have to play there for a while. So. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty... I don't know. I, I still find it a little surprising that we play Mifco. They seem like a much... Yeah. I mean, even if they... Let, let's say that even if they are 6A size, maybe they should just knock themselves down to 5A so that they have some... Are they 6A or are they 5A? They're 6A. That's, yeah, that's what I thought. Well, maybe they should lower their competition level a little bit because they have not had much success. I apologize if there are any Mifco fans out there. This is not the podcast for you. So, <laughs> drive over the mountains sometime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> All right. So, moving on, we have. So last week I said we were doing our schedule preview, and turns out that's in like a couple weeks. So we're doing actually the offense and the defense, and we probably shouldn't have to spend a whole episode on special teams because that's only one guy really. And we should get him on. Get we him should on the get him on. <laughs> That'd be fun. You know, he came after me after I called him out, out on this podcast. Oh, for, really? Yeah, I was like, I didn't miss all those field goals. One of them was blocked by Mark Parsons. One of them was Micah? a fake or something. Micah Parsons? Yeah. You said Mark. Micah. Marka Parsons. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I was just like, dude, you missed six. That's what it says on there. He's like, oh, no, I missed three or something. Uh... All right. That's still bad, but okay. I will. I'll apologize to Cam. Sorry. I I won't apologize because I trust Max Preps. Nathan's a bit of a barn burner. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bridge builder, so we make a good team. So, anyways, as Nathan said, yeah. we're moving on to the offensive preview. So, starting out at quarterback, you know him, you love him, Tommy Freiberg. Tommy Freiberg, he's got one offer at least. I would expect more. Oh, yeah. um, he's definitely sure. the starter. He is the probably the, he has the big arm. He has the mobility. He can make all the jukes and the moves on NCAA 14. Yep. He's gonna run read option a lot <laughs> with Cohen Russell or Isaiah Edwards. He's he's a beast. That's all you gotta say about him. I think the real debate here is who is going to be the backup because I think oh, yeah. you got I think you at least have a three-way battle for the backup position right now. Um, mm-hmm. From from what I've seen, one certainly a dark horse, but yeah, last he is impressive. Last sure. year, I would say Brady Dorner was definitely by far the backup, and this year I think it's going to be a race because Kevin Kersinger has got a wicked arm. He plays baseball too. Um, Conrad Moore plays just about every sport there is, and he's he's spe- he's special. We saw him in the open practice. Yeah. He he has everything, and I'm oh, yeah. I would be excited for him if I were. And I'll tell you, he's a, a very tough sophomore. kid. I I saw him take some pretty nasty hits playing quarterback last year for the ninth grade team. So he suits this team well, that's for sure. Yeah, he's not he's not that big, but I mean, what can you expect from a ninth grader? You know. 
hopefully we can see him develop some muscle, you know, maybe grow a few inches. I don't know if that's reasonable, but if he did, that would certainly be helpful. Yeah, I would I would not count out Conrad Moore to start next year even. Just yeah. because he has he he has all of he has all of the natural talent. I don't know where his head is at, like his his like um game game sense, sense. Game yeah. sense. <laughs> game sense. Uh I don't know where that's at right now. Uh you can't really see that in an open practice per se. Yeah. But he looked heads and tails above Brady Dorner and Kevin Kurzinger. To well, me. To me. <laughs> After after watching them in practice for ten minutes, I conclude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very impulsive too. <laughs> yeah, well, he certainly has, I'd say he has a different hashtag has a, free Conrad. <laughs> he has a different skill set, that's for sure. Um, so we'll see how that works out with State High's schemes. You know, it's hard to count out the experience of Brady. I mean. When I say experience, I'm, he obviously hasn't played nearly as much as yeah. Tommy, but he's played more than the rest of the backups. Yeah. So you got to take that into account, you know. And like like we said earlier, anytime you're looking at true freshmen, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. It's really tough. So he looks great, but it's hard to say for sure whether that will pan out. We certainly hope it does. He has a ton of potential. Um, yeah. That trio is going to be great. Yeah. He, I've never seen a three-quarterback system work. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't count against it, though, next year. If Matt, yeah. Matt Lintel is a smart guy, so I wouldn't count it out. He could, he, he could have a few tricks up his sleeve there. Um, moving I'm on. I'm sure he does. Yeah. I think the deepest, bleh, the deepest like set of positions on the team is probably the backfield. And yeah, which is for sure. running back, quarterback, and H back, and you throw in, and running back is might be the deepest position on the offense. One of them for you, sure. You got Isaiah Edwards. He's probably going to be the starter. We saw him flash a lot of speed and a lot of elusiveness last year, especially in the Holidays yeah. game. He broke one really late in garbage time against Hollidaysburg where he made a, co- a lot of jukes. I would look up his highlight tape. It's <laughs> definitely there. Yeah. Um, Mike Maniac. Maniac. Um, is I will always correct you on behind that. Behind him. Um, he's going to be playing both sides of the ball. So I wouldn't say he's the number two for like a set time because he's going to play line. He's going to start at linebacker too. Yeah. So... I wouldn't say he's your go-to guy at number two. You could split between the guy behind him, which would be Guy Gonzaga. Guillerme. Guillerme. Guillerme uh, Gonzaga. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for him personally because I think he's just like a wrecking ball. And Yeah, we'll see if he gets much playing time this year. Yeah. Last year he was confined to JV, but hopefully continue to improve, make a bit of a splash. Who knows, you know. And rounding out of this group of most that most of the playing time is probably going to go between these four guys, including Joe Nastasi Jr., who I've actually never seen him like play, or I haven't watched his tape, but I know he's definitely going to play this year. So if yeah. he's if he's good, um, I welcome him all the more. All right, moving on to the. The two man, the terrible twosome at H back. Well, yeah, three. We're still trying to figure out this tight end set. Um, <laughs> we're so some people on this team look like more true tight ends, and I would probably list them. They're listed underneath the wide receivers, but that I would say that it's Jeremy Bullock and Jackson Edwards. They probably look. They have the height and the. And the hands to play true tight end, and then you have like Nate Lusk and Ethan Wolf, who look more H back, fullback type. So both, all, all, all four of them are gonna play, I think. Yeah. Maybe Ethan Wolf not as much as the other three. Mm-hmm. But I think Nathan Lusk will have more of a blocking role, and then the other two will have more of a receiving role. 
it just depends on what like what sets you're gonna line up in. Yeah. If how many receivers are out on the field at the same time. Yeah, there's a lot of variables for sure. Yeah. So it's complicated, but you know. I would say to, if you're not going to line Jeremy Bullock up at H back all the time, I would say to line him up as a wide receiver because he's got the height, and we really need that. <laughs> yeah, that's. We talked about this a lot in the first episode. That's probably one of the most blatant concerns for offense. One of the only blatant concerns is a lack of height. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about Jeremy Bullock's potential impact. Yeah. Um, obviously, as an H-back, he gets to you know, play a little more of a similar yeah. to a wide receiver role, but yeah. we'll see. But when Jeremy Bullock and Jackson Edwards are on the field, I want I want to see them catch the ball because I they're both very versatile. They're both yeah. very yeah. athletic. And I just used two very football-y terms. Congrats. <laughs> yes. We've got the lingo down for sure. Athleticism, verticality, verticality retur- returnability, nice. <laughs> return and ability. Combine them into one word. <laughs> Um, I stole that from Mel Kuyper Jr. All right. Shout out to Mel Kuyper Jr. We know you're listening. Yeah. Love um, it. Yeah. So just whenever Jackson Edwards and Jeremy Bullock on the field, I want to see him run downfield because they, they provide an aspect. You, they provide that Mike Gesicki factor. Yeah. For, for those of you looking to make those constant connections to Penn State football, as you know I do. When, when you see Jeremy Bullock or Jackson Edwards going up against a linebacker, it's no it's oh, yeah. no competition. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to catch it above that linebacker's head every single play. Yeah. And I want to see Tommy Freiberg utilize that because that that could be deadly. Yeah, for those sure. Those two guys. Yeah. Three tight end sets, all for them. <laughs> all right, moving on <laughs> into true wide receivers. Um, up top, your man Keaton Ellis. Yeah, I'd say... He's gonna def- get. He's definitely gonna be get quite a bit of playing time. Yeah, yeah. I, he, he, if he's not on the field for at least ninety percent of offensive plays, this offense is not gonna. It's not gonna work effectively, I'd say, because Chase. Unless I, we see more from Chase Longnecker and Connor McDonough, they just don't have the reps that Keen Ellis does right now, and yeah. I. They're they're both not as tall. And, I mean, Connor McDonald's 6-1, but... They, well, I guess if you want to say tall, maybe you could include the jump factor. Yeah, which Connor McDonough yeah, has the jump factor and he plays up his height. Yeah. But I am... I... There's no depth. If you look at the receiver core, you, you see, like, maybe three or four guys you put on the field reliably. Yeah. And that's kind of scary. Yeah. Especially if Keaton Ellis goes I don't know, down early. I don't know if I would agree with you that he has to be there 90% of the place, but you definitely need to see an impact by Keaton this year. You know, he can't be just relegated to his cornerback role. I think, you know, that's... He's such a leader, you know. He has the experience. He has the straight-up confidence to really play well, you know, he's been in those big games and he's definitely going to be an important asset as we've all known. I mean, if you're the number 7 player in the state in all positions, yeah. you better be special. Keaton certainly is and he's going to have to show some of that to a yeah. relatively inexperienced receiver core. I mean, Miss Longenecker and McDonough have both gotten a considerable amount of reps, but you know, not the kind that you would really like to see as a leader leadership role. Yeah, I, yeah, it it's really thin at, at especially at wide out. Um, if but when we go inside, it becomes a lot more interesting because you can you can when you look at the tight ends and the slot backs, there's a lot of different sets you can do with different players. Advent like. Yeah. Advantages it's, because it's interesting how balanced like well, it's not how balanced the balance of this football team. Yeah. You know, where you see possibly a bit of difficulty on the outside and just complete and utter power right down the middle of yeah. the field. 
Yeah. I mean, whether you're looking at the offensive or the defensive line, the backfield, you know, or the slots, the quarterback, anybody that's really in between the hashes is pretty darn good. Yeah. Look, looking at the slide backs, Cohen, of course, he's going to be on the field a lot. Dre Green and Loki Howell will probably split reps, is my they're, guess. They're both fast. They're both fast and they're short. They're both very and, small. And, Believe it or not, Loki. Yeah. Loki Howell, according to our information, is five foot seven, one twenty-seven. I'm so, five foot seven. So. <laughs> oh my goodness, one twenty-seven. So he's he's a tiny dude, but he's really fast. I yeah. can confirm that. For Dre sure. Green is also very very fast, and there's been some questions whether his route running is up to level. Um, that's something that you can work out pretty easily, though. Uh comparatively easily. Yeah. I mean, unless you're Laquan Treadwell and you don't understand <laughs> how to run routes or something. Yeah. It's it's not that hard. But I'm sure he'll develop more as he gets to see a little more action, you know. Um, then we move into people that can possibly be true tight ends. Uh, I know State High doesn't really use true tight ends that much, but as we said, yeah. they're there. Jeremy Bullock... We already covered him extensively. Um, then you've got Jackson Edwards. We talked about him a lot in the H-back kind of section. Um, yeah, those two are definitely going to be your main catching tight ends. Um, yeah. So, they, you know, don't expect to see them in a regular tight end position because, like we said, they do have great hands. I think that's their biggest asset. So we'll see a lot of H-back from them, but... If there's somebody that's going to play tight end, it's probably going to be one of them. Now we enter the fun zone. Like, <laughs> just like rant. Because no one knows anything, but there's so much speculation about the offensive yeah. line. So, <laughs> unless we specifically state this is not necessarily what we read out, the order that we read these guys out isn't necessarily the order that they're going to play in because there's so much talent. And these aren't even necessarily the positions that they're going to play in. Um, so unless we say that someone really has something locked down, don't expect that because there's a lot of room for movement. Yeah. You know, this has been basically the theme of our podcast from the beginning is the yes. trenches. And that's going to continue. So yeah. starting out with center. Center, got- I think, is set. I think it's set. Unless Bryn Scootover gains weight like a lot of weight um i would i would expect jason cameron to be your go guy there he played he played a lot last year um he's a little small for a center i mean five foot ten two hundred that's big for a normal person but for center he's relatively small but that's the thing yeah. yeah he's you know when you look at him on paper he might not look like the the best asset for state high, but he has a lot of experience. Yeah. He's also, great these form. heights he and knows weights. The set. Yeah. Also, these heights and weights are from the Max Preps 2017 roster. So this is from the beginning of last year. Yeah. So, so there's lots yeah. of room for change. For and sure. I and Jason Cameron does not look 200 pounds anymore. Yeah. We saw um, him at the practice. Yeah. We will update our roster as soon as possible and get that posted. But for now, we have to work off of. Relatively yeah. old information. Yeah. Um, Moving on to guard, there are so many guys. <laughs> I I look at this list and I th- think, uh, out of these five guys extensively listed as guards, obviously there's a lot of f- current freshmen down at the bottom listed under O line, which could also go in there. Yeah. But there, are, I look at those these five guys: Adam Van Horn, Ramsey Cafolo, Logan Lieb, Alex Salmon, and Kobe Asendorf, and I think. Any one of them. Absolutely. Hi. There's I mean, so many guys. You've got five guys for two plugins, and yeah. man, it's loaded. I mean, Adam Van Horn has really showed himself to be another one of those guys similar to Jason Cameron. Doesn't look huge, but I've heard from a lot of players that he is a tough nut to crack. Adam Van Horn is is like you don't like <laughs> he's he's unexpectedly amazing yeah yeah he's a very quiet guy that is just 
absolutely ferocious on the football field. Yeah. Ramsey Kifolo, obviously, he's going to start somewhere, whether it's at guard or tackle. It's he's Kifolo. 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 He's yeah. He's gonna he's gonna start. I don't know where he will start. If it's what side it's on, or if he's right tackle, but he's. Where he's situated in the line determines who else starts. Yeah. I think. Right and now. if you want to hear a little more discussion about Ramsey in particular, make sure to check out episode two. We interviewed him. If you haven't listened to it yet, it's a great one. Definitely worth it. Talk about a lot of great stuff, including the possibilities for him on offensive line and what it means for other people around him. So, yeah. Again, check that out, episode two. Yeah. And look, looking at the tackles, um, I think the two names really stand out for the tackles are James Pohone and, of course, our man Shane Cole. Um, yep. Yeah. James Pohone and Jason Cameron probably have the two locks where they are. James Pohone is, pro- is definitely locked at left tackle. Um, Shane Cole, it, it remains to be seen. Obviously, There's... you throw one name that's not listed here that's been talked about is Addison Darcy if he plays. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. If he plays tackle, that, that's really the big question mark. Yeah. For, for tackle. It's where yeah the two big ones is where does Ramsey play and where if Addison Darcy does start where where does yeah. he start? <laughs> he could potentially be a guard even. Um, I I don't think it's as likely because of how deep guard is, but it's I'd say tackle is he could fit in right open. there at right yeah. tackle and. Sorry, Shane Cole, but it's looking sketchy. And <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. We're gonna have to see. We're gonna have to and see some. We're gonna see some serious competition here. There's there's good. I would say eight to nine guys play in a game. Yeah. Easily, because you got five guys right there at guard. Yeah. So, and you might throw in some sophomores too, depending on how good they are. So moving on, um, we're gonna head down to the general offensive line. These are mostly guys where we're really not sure exactly yeah. where they're going to fit in. Some of these guys might not even be in school anymore because I took this off of, like, the Stick College freshman huddle page, which... <laughs> <laughs> there were so many guys in there that were, like... I Googled them, and they are like, just graduated college, and I was like... Oh, so really? apparently, like, one of... Whenever you register for the freshman huddle team, they don't take you off. So there were so many guys in there that were like, <laughs> Tommy Freiberg as a freshman for the freshman huddle team. It's like, yeah. It was just, so these five guys are more or less confirmed. Um, so, I, I got James Pone to confirm them, I think. So hopefully these five are right. But I think. I know Warren Yakich and Harrison Scohan and Mike Swope are all pretty good. So, yeah. you have reason to be excited, especially if these five guys progress. I think you have something to be excited for, for in two years from now. And then rounding out the list is also Drew Davis and Josh Horman. So, yeah. We've got a couple of names here that can make an impact next two or three years, especially. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, now we are fully into the defensive side of the ball, Uh, starting out with D-end. We's not doing defense this episode, Nick. Oh, yeah, sorry. (laughs) I got a little overexcited there. But the defense is very good. We'll talk about that next week. Um, What's your one position that you were most excited for on the defense to talk about next week? Good question. I like that segue. See, sometimes I, I just get so excited about state college football. I just want to jump right in. I want to do it all right now. And the reason is because I feel that safety in general is just going to be a heck of a time to watch. Because you've got Tommy Buha, Sammy Knipe. I mean, what a killer combo there. Yeah, and then Tanner Brandenburg. Which who's who would start if Sam Knipe wasn't so stinging good? Yeah, so I mean that's just gonna be a ton of fun to watch. Yeah, um, for me I would probably say defensive tackle just because there's so much meat and potatoes oh, yeah. on that line. There's so much like just as stacked as offensive guard before is. Before we knew about Addison Darcy, <laughs> so yeah, 
add Addison Darcy in there, and it's like, it's it's going to get fun. It, oh, yeah. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Take what the situation that we had at offensive guard and flip that to tackle, and there you go. That's it. I mean, lots of talent there. So that will be coming up next week. Um, make sure to tune in. It'll be a fun time. We'll give you all the juicy details on everything from defensive end to nickel corners. It's going to be a good time. All right. Yep. That and is going to be fun next week. Though. I realized I'm forward to it. that when we kept asking our guests what their favorite meat and potatoes are. Oh, wait, wait, think... wait. We haven't done predictions yet, though. Meat and potatoes first. All right. Let's do All meat right. and potatoes first. As far as I can remember, <laughs> we have not done our favorite meat and potatoes. We haven't, and we're not going to save it, apparently. <laughs> we're not. We're going to do it right now because I'm an impatient man. So, All Nathan, right. you have yours lined up? I just like a nice rack of ribs. Oh. With some nice rib sauce from Texas Roadhouse. Bold choice. Yes. And then, speaking of Texas Roadhouse, they make pretty good potatoes, like mashed potatoes with, like, the peels in them, and it's, like, all garlicky. It's the best. <laughs> all right. So. It's like, it's like, it's a, it's like tart mashed potatoes. It's weird. Right. It, like, gives a little tang. It's the best. Yeah. Sounds sounds amazing. I can't confirm. I've never had them. But Shout out to Texas really Roadhouse. Uh, my favorite potatoes. Gotta go with just pan-fried potatoes. A little bit of olive oil, a little bit of salt and pepper. Cayenne put, pepper. Put cheese on it or not? Nah, nah, I'm a purist. Okay. One thing, purist, one thing we do in this house is we we throw in some cheese. Pan? Well, actually, a lot of cheese. So just chop up some potatoes, fry them in a pan. It's delicious. Good for breakfast. Um, in terms of my favorite meat, it's a tough choice, but you gotta Venison. stick with, stick with an old standby, well done steak. Not well done as in cooked well done, uh, but nicely done steak. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Should have picked Jack Links. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I'm I'm disappointed for that. All right, so let's move on into our predictions before we wrap up here my prediction is Williamsport will not finish 5th they will finish below or above 5th alright um, <laughs> you may think that's a poor prediction but I think it is a great prediction and it has a high success rate that is a terrible prediction <laughs> why not just come out and say that they're going to finish below 5th <laughs> Um, They're either going to finish below or above fifth. They're not going to finish fifth. That's a little rough. Um, my prediction is that Addison Darcy's mom is going to become the heart and soul of the morally upright movement in state college football that is going to develop over yes. the next year. So, and we're going to yeah. love to see it because it's going to be really funny. So when I was like a little kid, I played football for one season... And I was a linebacker, and I wasn't very good. But Nice. Yeah. But there was this guy on the sidelines that was like a grandpa of one of the players, and he would just yell constantly, just like, Go ah, well, guys, do this! So, for those of you that do play football, so, yeah. Coach Hassan. Coach Hassan's the best. So, Addison Darcy's mom, if you want to do that, we're all for it. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, thanks for tuning in. Stop Just, by uh, next week for defensive stuff. If you want to contact us, you can come email me, NathanGrella at gmail.com. Or NickHoston, S-E-K-H-A-U-S-75 at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at NathanGrella. You can go on our website, which is basically unfindable, but there's a link to it at whatever site you're listening to this podcast. So it is very findable if you just use your eyes. No excuses, folks. <laughs> um, we are both on CastBox and Apple Podcasts. I don't know about Google Play Podcasts. I've Every person I've asked that owns an Android says they never use Google Play Podcasts, so I don't really know if anyone uses it. If you really want it, go ahead and email us. We'll yeah. think about it. Well, I'll put. It's really easy to embed on there, but... I will do it if you guys really want it. Also, if you want to tell us what your favorite meat and potatoes are, if you want to send us more information regarding the whereabouts and identity of the green shirt kid. Yeah. If you want a green shirt kid t-shirt, 
email us or comment on our Facebook page, which you can find pretty easily as well. Um, we're not making t-shirts yet, but we might. Oh, and yeah. It's going to be get, great. If we get some support, maybe we will. Um, shout out to Philly Pretzel Factory, who will not sponsor us. And uh, <laughs> Did you ask? I didn't ask, but I have a feeling they won't. Darn. <laughs> well, they sponsor the IMBA team. Teams. I say hi. Maybe, maybe I should ask them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week, folks. It's been good.